Hello everybody, we have a very, very special episode for you tonight, totally different to the usual format because what we're talking about tonight demands a very different approach. A very different approach is something that BrewDog are doing right now. In fact, I'd like to refer you back to something that Joe and Ben recorded back in December. We're very excited about all the things we're going to do in 2020. What things are we going to do in 2020? What are you excited about? So 2020 is is maybe going to be one of the most pivotal years ever in our history. So we launched in 2007. We kind of evolved a lot in 2013. Uh, we're going to be evolving a lot in 2020. The most pivotal year in BrewDog history, and we're not actually talking about coronavirus for once. We have got one hell of a show for you coming up, folks. But before we do that, of course, we need to get an intro. And Billy, my pal, who's hard to understand, he sent in this. Hi, everybody. It's been a while since Rob's let me on, so uh, here's your intro. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us... Please visit patreon.com slash brewdognews, where you can sign up to get the podcast before anyone else. Sign up to get the podcast before anyone else. Cheers. Thank you very much, Billy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brewdog News Podcast. This is episode number 48 and being recorded on the 10th of September, 2020. We're your source for the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. It's not just me, of course. If we're going to be talking about anything to do with Brewdog tomorrow, there's only one person I could be having on. Tamsin, how are you? Hi, everyone. I'm I'm having a really good day. It's very exciting today. Today is an exciting day and we are just, we've even changed up the theme music for this episode because it needs to be done. So yeah, excellent. Uh, folks, we are not going to have an usual episode here. We've got all sorts of different stuff going on, but I will tell you our standard disclaimer. We are not shareholders in BrewDog PL. Sorry, we are shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> we are share. Second time I've done that. We are shareholders in BrewDog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of BrewDog. Now, let's play some theme music with a difference because, Tamsin, we have got something way more important to talk about, some massive, massive breaking news that's just happened today. Now, I know you've just tried to get your kids to bed, so I'm not (laughs) going to get you to do the Joe thing of shouting down the microphone with the breaking news, but I I have an empty house apart from the dog at the moment. So, here we go. How did that work out? It's nice and scary, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you like to do the honours and tell our lovely listeners what the breaking news, the massive breaking news was today? Yeah, so today BrewDog launched the Equity Punks for Tomorrow share offer. EFP7, as we would have called it, but we're now going to call yeah, it I EFP like to tomorrow. tomorrow and <laughs> James Watt has said it's the last share raise before potentially listing, which is a really big deal. So, listing on the stock market, for those who don't know what that means. Um, 
There are all sorts of perks. There's going to be tons to speak about. The share price and all this stuff. Literally, we only found out earlier today. And there's mm-hmm. mayhem ensued because of it in BrewDog World anyway. Um, so, yeah, next week when we record, we will obviously be talking about that as well. Oh. We'll have. I was, I was going to tell you why I was super excited. Go on. Sorry. I've, I've okay. ruined the flow. Was... Go, go, go for it. Like, no, I, the reason I'm so excited about this one is every penny raised in the share offer is going to go on sustainability projects wow i okay because yeah. you've obviously had more time to check it out today than i have <laughs> embarrassingly that I is have, yes. every penny i've already i've already signed up so oh, yeah wow of course i would excellent yeah. i did notice so, there was some nice perks as well but we'll come we'll come back to those yeah well we'll leave that for next time but it's just to say it's open now uh please dig in there's some stuff that is available in this share offer that has never been available before so yeah cool anyway but we're not just here to talk about that tonight we have a huge amount of announcements to catch you all up on and i have enlisted our friend of the podcast co-presenter of the podcast he does doug from the american update can't even speak i'm too excited anyway here's doug brewdog is working on becoming a b corp What's a B Corp? That is a fair question, Tamsin. Please tell me, because I am an idiot, what is a B Corp? A B Corp is uh, an organization that has signed up to um, be scrutinized uh, by the kind of the administration company, and they're actually scored on lots of different things like uh, community, environment, customers, energy, waste, all these sorts of things. So if you can get up to the required level for a B Corp, it means you're super amazing and and doing great things for everybody that your business touches. So it it works a bit like it's a sort of certificate uh, from a, 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 I mean, a certificate really does undersell it a little bit, but I imagine there would be yeah. an actual certificate at some point <laughs> that is handed to yeah. James and Martin to go, congratulations, all the work you've done. And I guess you cannot underestimate the amount of work that's got to be done here. This is not yeah. an initiative that is just a, a quick, you know, off the cuff idea. Yeah, it's not like, oh, we'll get them next week and show them some books and we're good to go. No, it's fully comprehensive across the whole business. I'm going to put you slightly on the spot here. I don't suppose you know okay. who the companies or the organisation is that's behind B Corp. I presume it's not a government initiative or anything, is it? Um, no, and I think it starts with B. <laughs> I think there's a B in it. <laughs> that, that would make an awful lot of sense. Okay, now, speaking of Bs, um, I think it's time yeah. to get Doug back for our next little clip. Um, here we go. So Mike Berners-Lee and his team are partnered with BrewDog. Let's find out who he is and why that's important. So, uh, when I first heard uh, Mike Berners-Lee, I got a little bit confused because I thought it was the guy who invented the World Wide Web, but that's Tim Berners-Lee. And there is confusion over whether they're actually related or not. Can you, I think, first of all, Tamsin, can you confirm if they're related or not? Yeah, they're brothers. Awesome. So, there's some brains going on here. Uh, It's not just Martin and James. So, yeah, what can you tell us about Mike Berners-Lee? So, Mike Berners-Lee is a professor at Lancaster University, um, and he's a 
world leading expert on carbon and carbon footprints and things like that. He runs a consulting company and it's that that is working with BrewDog and they've actually called him their lead scientific advisor. So they're um, working really closely with him. And he's written lots of books uh, on on the subjects you can read. Got it. So this isn't just a case of, um, you know, they've seen the B Corp thing. They've they've decided that they really want to go for that. This is they've got a consultant on board who Mm. actually knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. And they're running all the numbers past him. So any number that you see uh, printed in BrewDog literature has been vetted by him and his company. So it's all, you know, pucker. Right, because I did see straight away people sort of going, oh, questioning figures and things like that. And, uh, and James instantly shut them down and said, you know, these, we aren't making these up. The, the, it's yeah. not us. It's not even us making this up. This is an external company who's obviously got their own reputation to look after, so they're not going to mm-hmm. make stuff up. Okay, so that's cool. Um, and I presume then we'll be hearing an awful lot. I mean, I remember on the, you know, folks will remember on the EGM, the when it was supposed to be the American AGM, uh, Mike came on, uh, gave quite a long uh, chat there about uh, all the initiatives and lots and lots of things going on. Um, so, yeah, he's got an awful lot to say. So I presume we'll be hearing a lot more from him. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that covers the strategy A couple of items. Uh, we've got loads of these to get through, folks. So let's talk about one of the next ones, uh, which is... Um, Counting more numbers. This doesn't sound very exciting, but it, it is. Trust me. One of the impressive things Brudog is doing is factoring in all of the carbon from their suppliers too. So I guess in then with this, that Doug is going to have a different Brudog T-shirt and a different fez on every one of those that he does. I hope so. So that's a damn good reason to check out the video version of this podcast because Doug looks, you know, Doug-like. So <laughs> I've never seen so many fezzes in my life. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Don't, don't even start him on it. He'll be going on forever. Um, so yes. Anyway, carbon from upstream suppliers. And um, what what's that? What are we what are we on about there? Yeah, so this is not just looking at uh, the carbon footprint of BrewDog. This is looking at the whole supply chain. So it's going kind of up the way uh, to all the supplies that come into BrewDog, but it's also going to go down the way to all their bars as well and, and all that kind of thing and delivery. So it's looking at the company as a whole. Got it. So it's not, yeah, because again, it would be quite easy for BrewDog to go, hey, we're, you know, looking after our carbon and counting it, but you've got to account for when you mm-hmm. get a, make a burger or um, when something gets delivered yeah. to them. I mean, that must be, that must be devil, excuse me, incredibly difficult to do and a lot of estimations, I would guess, because how, how do you know what such and such is, you know, used in his field to produce the barley? Well, a lot of it is estimation, but in the industry, there are many databases set up by different organizations. So there's uh, industry standards uh, for a lot of these things. So once you know your volumes, um, you can use those industry standards. Right. Okay. Very good. Okay. So yeah, again, this is just backing up the fact that this is the real deal. BrewDog are not Mm -hmm. just messing around here. So I think it's good to hit that point home. Uh, now, one thing I get a lot of is gas, obviously. Uh, so, 
<laughs> that cues that up quite nicely the uh, the next item we're going to be talking about. Food-grade CO2 recarbed from the brewing process to carbonate beer. That sounds like a no-brainer. Well, okay, so actually, different type of gas. We're talking about CO2. Um, I also noticed there, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this again to the people listening on audio, but just to annoy me, Doug then did that one without a fez on. So, you know, I know. unbelievable. Maybe it's an invisible fez. Right. That's what it is. Clever. Um, yes. <laughs> Food grade carbon dioxide recovered from the yeah. brewing process. Go for it. Yeah. So this is a really great idea. So at the moment, BrewDog has to buy in uh, carbon dioxide that somebody else has produced, get it shipped to BrewDog to put it into their products. Okay. If BrewDog can capture it, from um, kind of various processes they're going to have and be putting on site. They can use that to put it into the products instead, saving all the carbon, di- a carbon dioxide that is used to transport the carbon dioxide. It's quite funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, it's kind of, it's, it's a double win because one, they're not emitting it to the atmosphere and then they're also not having to buy it in and transport it as well. No. Uh, forgive me for being dumb here, but I know again you're not an expert on everything here. I mean, you're expect you're an expert on a lot of things, but not not on like. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, probably the question I ask you now. Uh, cost effective? I mean, I would imagine capturing and storing carbon dioxide from beer being brewed is mm-hmm. and and making it food grade to go back into the yeah. cans and everything else that they need and the kegs and everything they need to do. I'd imagine that's an incredible expensive thing to do, isn't it? It is. And it will be offset somewhat by not buying stuff in. But sometimes, you know, you can't put a price on saving the world, Rob. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that's very <laughs> profound. Um, <laughs> no, no, yeah. it, it's a good point. Sometimes um, some of these measures will cost more than the... Um, unsustainable uh option and that's kind of why we've got into the mess we've got into but yeah people like brew dog are taking a stand and saying look we're gonna we're gonna do it okay so um i mean it could be that some of the things such as this are never pay for themselves this this could be something that just is a net loss overall but obviously mm-hmm. it fulfills everything that they're trying to do now so interesting yeah interesting you need a beer t- you need a world to beer brew i that i messed that up now <laughs> we need our world to brew beer on. Ugh. Feel free to cut that bit out. No, I'm going to keep it in because you're Thanks. very good at this, and I think it's nice that for once it's not me looking daft. Okay. <laughs> should Should we move on to another one? Yes, please. Let's get Doug in. You guys ever hear of an anaerobic digester? What is an anaerobic, and why does it need to be digested? Doug poses a very good question there. What is an anaerobic and why does it need digested? Uh, I know we did speak about this on one of our past podcasts, but I do think this is a cool thing and we should probably explain to our listeners and viewers what it actually is. Go for it. It is really cool. And I'm not going to use the same analogy I used last time. (laughs) So you'll have to go back to that uh, podcast to hear it. But 
an anaerobic digester, which is used, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands across the world. So it's an established technology. What it does is it's going to take the brewery waste water and then you mix it up with lots of microbes and they do what they do naturally, which is eat it, break it down and they release biogas, which you can then use for, you know, energy or, or lots of things. And then there's other byproducts as well, fertilizer and things like that. Okay. And these things, as we've discussed before, they are not small. Uh, they take no. up a lot of, of land. So this is going up at uh, the brewery at Allen. And I also know, because we have been speaking about this before, that we've been having a nosy at the uh, planning application that went in just to get an idea of the scale yes. and see those sort of things. And you came across something quite interesting in that. Any any, <laughs> any complaints, any possible objections? Yeah, so there is, I think the last count, there was about 50 letters from concerned uh, residents. Now, this is completely normal. So... Okay. Um, I get that a lot of work. So there are, you know, lots of concerns about the size, about smells, because it is waste that you're breaking down. So it's a big, it's a big, could be. a big sort of gut yeah. that's just, yeah. Oh, you did it. You Sorry. It in. Yes, it's a really big gut. Um, so, you know, there's all these sorts of concerns and um, BrewDog will be putting in, th- uh, putting in measures to mitigate them. Yeah. So um, is there any anything in those objections that you've seen that like really stands out as being like, oh, this is going to be a major problem for them? There are some concerns over water and drainage and and things like that, but they're not they're not showstoppers. They just need a bit more working out because there's some rivers and things nearby that need protecting so it's just to make sure that's all in place yeah now this sort of thing you, you can't just it's you know to, to get to the planning stage or to put in a planning application and this must have been in the works for quite some time do you know the sort mm-hmm. of time scales we're normally talking about these sorts of things i mean i, I did something similar at work and it's been um years wow. <laughs> because of all the consultation and all the planning you have to do but I did see on the prospectus today that it's planned to be in action July 2021. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I mean, it's it's fine to plan for that, whether it'll happen or not. But no, it's just interesting then because that would have been in in the works for quite some time. Um, And then what I'm referring to is the fact right at the start of the show, we, we heard from James in December saying 2020 is going to be the most pivotal year for BrewDog. And it just made me wonder, did he know? Did he know back then that later this yeah. year they were going to be having this massive shift towards sustainability? So, interesting. I think so. It takes, yeah, a really long time yeah. to get the detailed plans into place that they've got. Cool. Uh, okay, you mentioned a keyword there, but uh, let's get Doug back and he will confirm a word that you just said. Local fertilizer made from spent malted barley? I'm in. Yep, so spent barley used as local fertilizer. Uh, I think I probably should have put the keyword like for farms and things like that in there and for animal products. Um, not yeah. not just for randomly going around the streets in a wheelbarrow selling it to people. Um, but yeah, this is, um, I think BrewDog have been doing this for a long time. I don't think any brewers mm. ever really just chuck it straight in a skip and hope for the best. So 
yeah do you, do you know anything much about this side of things well yeah I, if you've ever been on a distillery tour I'm sure many of us have. Bit of a, um, bit of a brag, Tamsin, I will be honest with you. <laughs> Come on, I'm Scottish. <laughs> um, the, this has been kind of the natural thing that all kind of distillers and brewers have been doing for thousands of years. The waste product goes out to the fields um, either as fertiliser um, or as animal feed, and it's like the perfect circular economy. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it sounds really cool. It is really cool. Um, there's just um, some interesting um, challenges around that because you can also take that um, spent grain and use it to generate energy. And there's a big part of the Broodog plan that's about generating energy. So there will be decisions to make down the line. Are we going to use it for fertilizer or energy? So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Now, how does the generating energy tie back into the one we were talking about before with the anaerobic digester is that how you do it is you you put it in there and take the gas off and use that to power things or it's a different machine <laughs> it's similar it, it's much more it's a biomass boiler have you heard everywhere think, my, well, my kids school's got one yeah so they're kind of, of everywhere <laughs> my totally amateur knowledge on this is that um you can it, rather than being powered by oil or gas um, they're powered by, you know, there's like usually sort of semi-processed stuff that goes in them because if you were to just chuck mm. wood in there, it would just be a wood fire boiler and they're not very efficient. That's my no. very limited understanding. Yeah, so let's go with that. So it's a biomass boiler and you can put kind of spent grain, you can put food waste, you can put all that kind of stuff into a biomass boiler and get energy. bit different from an anaerobic digester because you're feeding the bugs so they need special food. Okay. You know, they can't just chuck anything in. I'm currently getting my leg licked to death by my dog, <laughs> right? And that is because she knows what Doug's about to say. Spent spelt? Turning the dog biscuits? What's spelt and our dog's gonna like it? Yeah, so what is spelt and are dogs going to like it, Tamsin? Yeah, well, spelt is um, an ancient grain species of wheat. So um, trendy types use it for making bread and things like that. And you should get Joe on to do a bit about baking. Oh, she God, no. knows more about this Joe's, than I do. Joe's been going on about, <laughs> in our chats, it's like one thing after another. Yeah, no, let's not do it. Yeah, okay, we could do a anyway, whole podcast so, with Joe on baking at the moment, I think. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we love you. Um, no, so um, the, they did this before. So they used the um, trial kit, I think, to... Oh, to, the, pi- the pilot kit, off, yeah. That's it, to send off the kind of waste. And they got these made into doggy biscuits right. that you could buy up in the Ellen shop. So I was up there and I got a pack for my dog because he wasn't there. And, oh, my God, they are her favourite biscuits on earth. It actually, she, I, I think I kept half a one and she just uh. keeps trying to sniff it out. So if they can do this on a large scale, get it out further than Ellen, I will be super happy and so will my dog. Oh, cool. I did notice on the uh, – Molly's got some things at the minute. She's getting old. She's got some joint tissues. So she's got some tablets, things. And they have, um, like, brewers – it says brewers' byproduct is the main thing, and she loves them, yeah. So mm-hmm. interesting. God, they're doing better than us, aren't they? Hmm. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to talking about beer? Yeah. Okay, here we go. 
surplus fruit is being put to work at Overworks making magical sours. Oh, I knew it wouldn't be long before we get the sours into the chat. Uh, I love Overworks. I am one thing I am really missing is Overworks because I can't really order in. Let's not go down that conversation about being able to buy single bottles and stuff. But I miss Overworks because it was one of those things where I really would just mm -hmm. have it when I'm out at the bars or up at the brewery or something like that. So hopefully get some more of that soon. Uh, but yes, Overworks are using surplus fruit. Yeah, not, have they not been doing that anyway? I think so. I think, um, and we've got to give a big shout out to Hawks who have just done their uh, bad apples uh, big campaign using kind of waste apples. So it's a similar idea. What's interesting is it's a hundred percent of the fruit that's going to go in would have been wasted. Ah, so that's exciting. I'm with you. I mean, that's quite interesting then. So I wonder if they have to, if they can pre-order it or whether it's like you just have to go and sort of take a chance that at some point that week, you know, there's going to be a massive overage with Tesco and they're just going to buy it all up. I don't know how it works. Well, interestingly enough, I was reading the other day, uh, the three things that are most wasted, the three foods that are most wasted can I guess? in the UK. Can I guess? Okay, go for it. Okay. Three foods that are most way are, are they all fruit? Yeah. One of them will definitely no. be fruit or bread. Yes, I'll give you that. Bread, yes. Bre bread. One of them would be fruit. Would it be apples? Could be apples. Could be bananas because they go really quick. I'll go with apples. And no, you're, it was the other one. It was bananas. It was bananas. That makes sense because you only get a couple of days on them really when they're at the peak. Hello. And I couldn't even. Oh, milk. You are spot on. It's milk. See, you actually so, didn't have this conversation I beforehand. I am actually we impressed didn't. with myself. <laughs> That's really good. So I am very much looking forward to a banana overworks beer. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> Just I can hear, hear hundreds of people screaming. <laughs> I'm gonna refer I can hear Andrew in my head going, Oh I can hear Joe going, Oh, that sounds delicious. I can hear Doug going, Oh, I'll have some of that. I don't know why he's suddenly going. Can you imagine like a banoffee pie bit? Oh, now I'm thinking. No, yes. I haven't had any food. Let's not do that. In fact, let's get on to the next story, shall we? <laughs> Misprinted cans that are problem anymore. Trash can punk hits the scene. Keep on rising. Now, we talked about this one. Um, trash can punk is something that I know of all the things that have been talked about, but that one particularly gets you excited. Um, yeah. Go fill the listeners in. Yeah, so during the production process, about a billion, billion drinks cans are wasted You said uh, it, You said year. it twice. That must be... I did say it because... It's such a massive number, if you think about is that, it. So no, these are, is that, that must be worldwide, surely. Uh, I mean... I don't know. It might be just be Brewdog. <laughs> no, it can't bil just be. A billion can. So, it's a lot. I, okay, sorry. Again, I'm I'm being dumb here. Go explain to me like how... The cans are just... I know they're, they're printed and there'll be a couple... Of, mm -hmm. you know, like when you set up a printing yeah. press, there'll be a few wastage at the beginning. But yeah. not to that degree, surely. Yeah, because, and if you've ever seen the lines up at Ellen of all the cans whizzing about. Yeah. So you've got printing errors, you've got mechanical errors, you know, and remember, these are pressurized. So if there's any, you know, variation in the structure, then just not going to be fit for purpose. Oh, interesting. 
That is an awful lot of wastage. So what's BrewDog doing about it? So BrewDog's going to take these uh, these uh, kind of cans that would have been wasted and they're going to relabel them so they can be used again. So they won't be as pretty and shiny as, as the cans that we're used to, but they're going to make sure that they're really sound and good to carry your beer and it's just going to be the label. And who's really bothered about that? Well, I mean, I think supermarkets would be. Um, I think there's an awful mm. lot of people would be. I mean... But it, but if you're an EFP like us and you know what punk is and you know what it tastes like, you're going to be yeah. like, no matter what it's in. Although, I don't know, some people will still be a bit like, mm, something not right about it. Mm. Yeah, there could be. But I think with all the, the rays and things today, I think it's going to raise awareness. So, hey, if it's only EFPs, there's what? 140,000 of us. If we're the ones drinking trash can pants, I think they'll be fine. All right, cool. Um, okay, right. Well, speaking of sort of um, things coming from being something, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Reducing waste. <laughs> there you go. Glance at the spreadsheet yeah. and I can see the actual title. Uh, here's Doug with one I really like. What do you do with a bad batch of beer? Brudard Distilling is pretty sure they can make a vodka out of it. Tamsin. Making yeah. vodka out of beer, okay, my head doesn't process that at all. Any ideas how that actually works? Yeah, so now I'm trying to recall all the uh, distillery tours I was talking about. So during the, the process, you're making alcohol, uh, whichever way around it, you're doing it. And vodka and things like that are quite forgiving into what you can put into the process. So I imagine it'll be earlier in the process. It won't be like when they're about to can it. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be earlier when it's stronger. Um, it's not worked out for whatever reason. Then they can take that and, and put it through a kind of vodka distilling process. Okay, that makes sense. Um, cool. Well, I'd be really interested to see on that one and to see, you know, I don't know whether it's really efficient or how it works um but i'm also mm. very sad to find out that brew dogs sometimes have a batch of beer that doesn't work out um i know brewers, those pesky bacteria brewers if you're listening uh, sustainability project right here send it this way I i'll drink it well, please if you can tell us how it would actually work that would be great as well, well. We'll come to that. We might be having someone on who can answer some of these questions oh, very shortly, fantastic. but we'll come back to that one. Uh, in the meantime, let's move on to a different section now. Uh, these are the operational changes. It was you who made these titles up. Sounds interesting. I know. I'm cool. sorry. <laughs> Scotland's known for having lots of weather, and that's a great thing, because the Brewdog Brewery in Ellen is now powered by wind. Yeah, this is one we've talked about quite a lot. The Brewdog uh, Brewery in Ellen being powered by wind. Thank you very much there for Doug yeah. being stood out in the proper rain recording that one. Oh, no. He messaged me and said, do you want another take of it with me in the rain? I'm like, oh, go on then. Thank you, sir. Um, but yeah, um, do we know anything much more about this? We we I remember the story for us when they're, they're surely just buying offsets or something like that. Yeah. And then there was the story that, that no, there's going to be an actual cable going into the brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we were like, but how does that even work? How do you even store it when there's no wind? Uh, have you found out anything more? Um, I only know two more things. One, it's direct 
powering. So <laughs> not batteries, not storage, not offsetting, none of that. Um, they've come out and said it's direct powering. And also they're going to ramp it up and it's going to be kind of fully operational March next year. Oh, cool. I hope it's, well, I'm 99% sure it will be. It will be part of the brewery tour. I mean, they've got the new museum that we've talked about going up there and things like that. So I'm sure this sort of thing, they'll just want to shout from the rooftops about it. So mm-hmm. cool. Okay, so I guess we'll find out more. Um, do you want another one on electric? Doug's got one for us. Brewdog's going to start using electric vans and vehicles to carry their beer. Sounds like a plan. Sign me up. Yeah, electric delivery fleet. Uh, Not just a vehicle or two, a fleet. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of these things we're talking about tonight could be uh, not controversial, but they they could have a lot of layers to them. Uh, And I've been sort of passively listening to podcasts which have been talking about electric vehicles for a very long time Mm -hmm. i know that tesla um and there is a couple of other manufacturers who are sort of getting there with trucks and by trucks i mean trucks uh i've driven electric vans and things so i know they're possible but very limited range where where are we actually genuinely at at the moment how realistic is it that the brew Mm -hmm. the beer from the brewery in ellen gets driven down the motorways down to leicester or wherever it's going at the minute and how does this work yeah, so realistically, we're probably not at 100% electric-powered trucks. Right. So the closest I think we've got at the moment are hybrids that only use a very tiny amount of petrol or diesel. They are mostly electric, but still need that little bit of kick just to be fully efficient at the moment. But the technology will get there. Yeah. Um, and do we, I mean... So- do we know, have they said, Bruder, have they said any, in any of this stuff when they're actually going to, we're going to see these vehicles out there? Yeah, or? they have. They put dates on everything today. Really? Oh, that's how I'm excited. Oh, uh, yeah, no. June 21. Oh, excellent. You can see I've been caught off guard. I'm normally <laughs> the one who's most informed about this stuff, but I've spent all day editing these videos, getting things ready and doing actual work and didn't catch <laughs> up on it. When did they say sorry again? June 21. Excellent. I want to drive one. I know that's what's exciting so what they could do so you know we were talking about kind of biomass boilers and biogas and things Mm -hmm. so you can use all that to generate electricity then use that to charge up your kind of um battery fuel cells okay so there can be you know lots of great synergy between all the different things i knew you'd use the word synergy at some point (laughs) Uh, let's let's get back to talking beer You know that old bread you used to throw away? You know you can use that in beer instead of malted barley? Yeah, so Doug saying about bread. Um, yeah, fair enough. We've already mentioned this. So you mm-hmm. can use bread in place of some of the malted barley. Yeah, and I, I guess probably the, the yeast in things doesn't hurt either. Why have I? Oh, yeah. Why have I got now Joe in my head? going oh yeah i've i'll try and do her accent <clears throat> oh yeah i've i've made oh she's gone cockney i've made a beer out of bread before it was why is she cockney i'm so sorry Joe. I, I don't know um yeah but yeah there and is, it was lovely about... <laughs> she's on. made beer out of everything she's a star <laughs> um 20 percent 
of the barley that can can be replaced by bread and beer. So if you think about someone else kind of has already done the hard work and um, it was going to be wasted um, so they can use that save money and energy and, and all lots of things. I remember I didn't believe a word of this, so I went online and sure enough, there's videos of people like, you know, literally tipping basket yeah. loads of... Like, like slices of, in. Not you stale, can watch not, not like going green, but, you know, past what you'd want to make yeah. a sandwich out of. And in it goes, and then a beer comes out the other side. Um, so mega beer, that's what they're going to call it. Um, apparently, yeah. I think it's in the tank, uh, which would make sense that it's been a pilsner. Because uh, they obviously take a lot longer to brew. Six to eight weeks, I believe, is sort of normal. So that would explain why it's been named and in the tank a little while ago. So looking forward to a bread-based lager type thing. Hmm. Uh, you know what I'm going to say next? Go on. We've got the fruit one. We've got the bread one. All we need is a milk one. No. no. That, that'll make our drink very <laughs> with his lactose hatred lactose. <laughs> yeah exactly i'm um, just saying you know yeah why not yeah fair enough um okay we've done operational stuff let's just get things we're getting towards the end here uh, but we've got a few more bits still left to talk about uh just a little one next um i'll let doug introduce it running a hog committed brewdog is to their carbon negative footprint Brewdog menus are going to start to carry the carbon footprint of their food and drinks. Um, yeah, Doug, uh, Doug struggled with that one. In fact, there was quite a few of these where I've got a lot of outtakes, and I really should put it together, but what actually made me laugh most of all is he, he struggles to say the word overworks. It's, it's always <laughs> o, o works. You're like, no, 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 there's it. Oh. oh, bless. Anyway, thank you, Doug. Really, he, he took ages to do all these for me. So, uh, yes, carbon footprints on menus. Um I, I guess it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So again, just like the whole business is going through that process, you can take any item that you produce and kind of do a life cycle assessment. Sorry, turn, turn. And uh, work <laughs> out what the, I have to drop them in sometimes, uh, and work out what the carbon footprint of each individual item is. Okay. While that might not be, I was thinking about this, how, how, what am I going to do with that information? It's not going to mean much to you probably initially, but what will be good is if you go regularly over time, you should see that number drop. So then that'll be really exciting. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I think there's going to be an issue there in that people aren't really going to understand it in the slightest. They're just yeah. going to go, it's just, it could be any old number, but yeah, I mean, in the same way that like we thought places were weird for having calorie counts on menus not that long ago, now mm-hmm. it's like becomes weird when they don't in some places. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if people choose lower carbon items over higher ones. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, there will be no question that obviously a meat based product will be a lot higher than most mm-hmm. plant based products, but I know there are plant based products that require a lot more energy. <laughs> We've so. had that conversation. <laughs> Hey, I'm learning this stuff. I yeah, didn't, no. I, I thought 2020 being the most pivotal year for BrewDog meant that they were going to try and survive coronavirus. But no, <laughs> I've had to go with my green credentials. I'm very proud, but the more I've learned, the more I'm like, oh, wow, I am mm. doing the bare minimum. Same as most <laughs> people, the bare minimum. And BrewDog are going much further, yeah. which is very cool. Very cool indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamsin, that was a couple of very small things. 
Should we talk about something very, very big instead? And it's not Go my waist. Then. It's not my waistline. <laughs> it's two thousand acres. Big. Or my beer consumption. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're saying that to the man who uh, video viewers can see I've decorated my room with empty brew dog boxes as a temporary measure. Anyway, um, it's time for the big one. It's 2,000 acres of big one. Did you ever think you'd hear the term brew dog forest? Well, here we go. Yeah, this is a big deal. Um, this is the centerpiece of what BrewDog are have announced recently. Um, carbon offsetting. We've we've spoken about these kind of things a little bit amongst ourselves and on the podcast in the past. But putting the money where your mouth is, buying two thousand acres of land and planting trees, amazing. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Any anything to add to that? Yeah. So. Um... I'm really excited. I mean, quite lucky because it's not too far from where I am. So um, it's oh, yeah, great course, for yeah. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the it's the other part of this. So not only is the tree planting great, um, the idea that they're going to perhaps make it kind of sustainable retreats and a campsite and Spoiler. do workshops and I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll offer to do one on water and bore everyone senseless. But, you know, the all these sorts of things. So it's not just about planting the trees and forgetting about it. It's making it a kind of living, working site. And that's that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, I don't know if everybody saw this news. Uh, if you're an EFP, of which there now apparently is 148. Well, it'd be more than that now tonight, I imagine. Now, now yeah, EFP, EFP tomorrow. I need to stop saying EFP 7. Now EFP tomorrow has opened. Um, yeah, everybody's getting their own tree, which is a bit random. I saw lots of people going, I hope they're going to tell us exactly where it is so we can go and visit it. And then James came onto it and said, yeah, they've teamed up with um, What Three Words. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with what three words, I shall try <laughs> and sum it up. I haven't thought about this before I'm going to say this. Um, it's a great way of getting a really accurate location. It's even it's better than GPS because with GPS you have to give two coord you know the coordinates and the hard thing. Mm-hmm. With what three words, you can get an an area really the size of a garden shed by identifying three words. So like Brew Dog News podcast uh, that would. If you put those in, if they were in their database, which they're not, those would pinpoint exactly a thing. So everybody will get uh, details of where their tree is exactly. So it would be kind of cool, wouldn't it, if in a few years' time, once they'd actually settled and hopefully mm-hmm. a deer didn't come along and eat mine, it would be great to go and see them. Um, one thing we don't know yet is if you get, um, if you've got EFP, if you've got shares in uh, USA and uh uk whether you get two but i'd like to have two ah, i haven't even thought about that yeah no uh, i think um and it's something my kids if i told them because they're all efps as well um they course. would be super excited about so oh and that's really cool uh, in fact the next one that we've got here from doug is also something that i know kids generally get pretty excited about so here we go will be the best thing about a brewdog forest a brewdog campground and if you're looking I'll volunteer. Love to be the host. Love to live at the campground year-round. Just saying. Doug is serious that he would like to come and be working 
full-time at the Brewdog campsite. He will move out of America to come and work in a forest in Scotland. No bother. That is genuinely how excited Doug is about this. Um, camping? Brewdog camping? Oh, yeah. Oof, sounds like it's... Uh, that, that would be a... That would be a bit messy, but good fun. Oh, but do you know what? There's the uh, there's actually a thread on the forum for uh, caravanning and camping. There's lots of us avid ones out there. And it, it's feeding into that sustainability idea. So especially if they set up the campsite so it didn't have electric hookup, it didn't have a toilet block, you really had to bring a, a kind of sustainable uh, outfit with you. Sorry, that's a technical term. Sustainable caravan. <laughs> with you then it would that'd be fantastic so where, i'd be there in a heartbeat where would i shower uh in your caravan where would i charge my phone solar panels that's what i do oh okay well that sounds horrific but, but it's an education as well so <laughs> i i guess you could do it in conjunction they were talking about these workshops so you could kind of go come and visit our site here's all the information you need yeah to do it sustainably I've had some fantastic camping experiences in Scotland. Really good. It is wonderful. It is cold and you get bitten to death by midges, but it's absolutely worth yeah. it. Yeah, it really is. Some of us have even spent a night in the Ellen Car Park. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounds really bad. Yeah. Uh, in a caravan with my family. Not just lying on the tarmac. I have to have to say. I'm honestly, it's not even sounding much better at this point. Um, I tell you what we'll do. Rather than cut to Doug at this point, let's just take a, a couple of minutes. Um, James and Martin put a video out. Uh, it's stunning. Um, if you can possibly get to see this either online or watch the video version of this podcast, you're about to see how beautiful Scotland can be. James and Martin, drone, uh, here we go. I'm just going to play this in. Uh, sit back and enjoy three minutes of loveliness. We thought we were doing our bit for the planet. We thought we were doing our bit for sustainability and we almost felt like we had ticked that box so we didn't need to do anything more. And then it just hit us like an absolute sledgehammer, this blindingly stark realization that we weren't doing nearly, nearly enough. To be able to have that first Brewdog Forest in Scotland is something that's, that's really special. When you really understand what you know, over 2,000 acres looks like, it's a phenomenal scale. Scottish Highlands are some of the most beautiful parts of the planet, the kind of sweep of landscapes, the glens, the, the kind of greenery, and hopefully we can make it a tiny bit more beautiful. For me, this is the defining week of what we do. To become carbon negative, to create our own forests, I think it's by far the most significant thing we have ever done. We've been on a journey learning far more about what is actually happening to the climate, to the planet. When you look a few years or 10, 20 years down the line, we may not be able to grow barley or hops in certain regions around the world because, because of climate change. Then that's a very sad place to be in. For me, it's all about what happens next. So what we've done up until now is good, but that gives us the ability to make a difference. So from now, it's how can we make a difference as a company? How can we take a stand for the things that we believe in?
on the on the journey we've gone since 2007 and done all the things we've done, I think having someone there beside you all, all the time is, is is great. You know, to be able to share all these incredible moments and things we've achieved as a business uh, during that time. When we kind of set out on this journey together, it was just okay. Let's see how far we can take this thing. We've became bigger now. We still stand up for the things that we believe in, we still bear our heart in our sleeve, and we still fight for the things that we're passionate about, then like, we are causing this carbon to go in the air, so we want to take responsibility, we want to own this, and we want to fix it ourselves. often with James and Martin's videos that you get to the point where they're actually a little bit emotional but that one that pushes the buttons that one it's uh, it's quite something I mean Scotland is just so beautiful what the guys are doing is truly amazing um, and I sincerely hope this works out for them as brilliantly as it possibly can yeah anyway um <sighs> Tamsin, should we just get things wrapped up? We've got two more things to talk about and then we can let our lovely listeners get on with their day. So uh, let's get Doug back. Here we go. Is there a beer available to celebrate these changes? Yes, please. Yes, Doug, of course there's a beer available to celebrate all these changes. What's it called, Tamsin? Hello, my name is Gail. Hello, my name is Gail, you see, as in wind, Gail. Uh, very good. Have you tried it yet? No, but I've got. I've tried some of the other Hello, My Names is, and I've been very impressed. Yeah, so. some of them have been stunning. Hello, My Name is Vladimir was unbelievably good. Yeah, so I also believe that I did spy that some of them are coming across, are coming off with... Um, when you buy shares as well at certain levels, you're going to get a whole mm -hmm. load of those. So. It's one of the packs, yeah. Yeah, that's quite cool. Okay, uh, last one from Doug. Here we go. Brewdog has joined an elite group of companies to become carbon negative. Negative, not just neutral, negative. So you buy a beer, you're actually saving the environment. I'm going to leave you to talk about this one. Carbon negative. Yeah. So Brewdog is, as of last month, carbon negative. So what does this mean? It means they are removing more CO2 from the atmosphere than they are putting into it. This is a really big deal. I mean, not many companies really can say this. No, it's, so a, they're doing this, it's an elite oh, group. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're doing this in a variety of ways. They're going to be planting the trees they're reducing all their emissions um, and they're working with partners um, to offset um, while things get up and running. So it is a really big deal. Yeah, it's. Um, I think when the, the big announcement came out, uh, I was a little bit cynical about it. I was like, um, you know, and uh, the more I've thought about it, the more I realise what that actually means. 
It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And um, any cynics out there who are go- have got any cynicism about it, and believe me, I try and be upbeat about Brewdog, but I can be as cynical as the rest of them about it at times. This is just fantastic. It is, how many other businesses do you know that are carbon negative? Carbon neutral, yeah, but carbon mm-hmm. negative. How many? Just brilliant. Um, I, I'm not going to be negative, but I would like to put a challenge out to everyone. Oof, okay. Here we go. Go for it. Here we go. So, Brewdog are doing masses. They're making this great effort to make Brewdog carbon negative. But that's only everything under their control. So my challenge to all of us is that when you go and get your Brewdog beer, you should keep up their good work and do everything you can to have a positive effect on the atmosphere as well. So maybe not drive to the supermarket, take your bike instead. Think about things like this because they're doing a lot of hard work. Let's keep it going. That is a genuinely lovely way to wrap this podcast up um i've got a few things just to say very quickly um we will be recording next week we are going to have all the reaction and opinion to all this um tamzin you'll obviously be back i think you can pretty much guarantee you're going to be back on nearly every podcast now for quite a while well for the next year i reckon until the end of 21 yeah fair enough um if folk want to get in touch with you what's the best way that they can do that yeah, so there's various ways. I'm on the forum, and I'm now on the forum as Tamsin. Oh, you're not ex-Tamsin ex- anymore. Brilliant. They fixed it for me, so that's probably the best place to find me. Cool, and we will, and this is a promise, uh, we will be keeping a really close eye on all this stuff. We're going to learn more. There's heaps to learn, and uh, episode 49 is coming up. Episode 50 is going to be a big one, and I think we can all probably take a guess at what we're hoping to get on episode 50, if we can, so... Um, yep you know where you can find Tamsin you can find me I'm at Sunscream on Twitter forums anywhere else or just message the podcast it's usually me that answers Uh, Joe does the Instagram and things like that as does Andrew at times so that's it for this week Uh, email us studio at Brewdog News Podcast oh hold on a minute we've got a message from Doug it's a bonus one here we go Oh, we almost forgot to tell you, Doug's going to be talking to Jason Block again at the end of September, so tune in. I mean, I didn't expect to see Brett and Doug in bed today, but uh, there we have it, everybody. (laughs) And thank you so much to both of them, and Brett for being super patient while Doug did all those for us as well, so... Okay, show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Folks, have a really good week. It's an exciting time. Tamsin, thank you so much. Any closing words? Keep it green. Yeah, cool. Take it easy, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.